Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals, featuring 338 shows with a stable of former players and local media personalities. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information, and with me, as always, well, <laughs> solo Saba round two on this one. Our, our friend, our boy, co host Luke, Lukey, the crock pot, he is on assignment again. I do think there is a possibility he may send in some audio for his picks and predictions because today we are doing an NBA finals preview. So there may be a way that I can dub in an audio recording that he sends over, but we will not have the traditional banter that we're used to. Now, we will be bringing in Stat Boy Colby for Diamonds and Pucks, which we haven't had for the last couple of weeks due to time constraints and things like that. So we'll have Colby back. The Stanley Cup Finals is heating up i mean it's nearly over at this point so it'll be interesting to get his take on the hockey playoffs over the last couple weeks before we get into the show a word from our sponsor july is here with tons of exciting sports action and bet online is where you can find it from the nba and stanley cup finals to baseball's marquee matchups there's plenty of lines prop bets and futures to love bet online has all the latest odds news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Let's talk NBA Finals. Exciting time of the year. We're recording on Tuesday. This will come out on Wednesday. The NBA Finals starts tonight. I'm out of the prediction business. I've been saying that for a while now, so I don't think I'm going to make any predictions. We may hear some predictions from Luke when we dub in his audio. You know, injuries have been the story of this postseason. It's tough right now for any of us to sit here and say, we know exactly what's going to happen. We've seen... A lot of key players, a lot of the superstars in the NBA go out. That's been the name of the game in the playoffs so far. A lot of people are giving the Suns a little bit of flack, saying they had an easy road because Anthony Davis got hurt in the first round. Obviously, in the second round, Jamal Murray wasn't playing. You know, the Nuggets were were shorthanded. Next round, third round, last round, they beat the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. So. You know, but look, that's the name of the game. I mean, that was the story when the Golden State Warriors won their first championship when they beat the Cavaliers. They had gone through the playoffs where I think CP3 got hurt. I mean, somebody was hurt every single round. And then in the finals, 
Kevin Love had gotten his arm ripped out of his socket against Boston. And then Kyrie broke his kneecap in overtime at game one. And, you know, they took a lot of flack for that. And obviously the next season, the Cavs came back and beat them, came back from three, one down and won the city of Cleveland's first championship in 50, 50 plus years. And, you know, the rest is history. They bring in Kevin Durant and they win more championships. So that's the name of the game in the NBA health. Really, that's the name of the game in any sport. You got to get a little bit lucky. You got to stay healthy and you got to be able to play well at the right time. So keys to the series. This is what I think. I got a few of them. How many do I got here? One, two, three. I got five keys to the series. Look, the first one, you, you can't talk about this series without talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Does, he, does Giannis play or not? Uh, reports say that he would have played if there was a game seven in the Eastern Conference Finals against Atlanta. That knee injury, when he hyperextended that knee in game three, I guess it was, I mean, that did not look great. Um, but clearly he's you know, dodged the bullet a little bit there and, and there was no structural damage. So I, it's going to be really, really two different Bucks teams, depending on whether he plays or not. One thing to note here that I think is really important. Giannis had 80 points in the two games versus the Suns this year. So clearly he was able to dominate in a way that, that Giannis does. Uh, he presents a lot of problems defensively for DeAndre Ayton. And I think that's really important because DeAndre Ayton's probably the only guy on the Suns team that can really guard him well. I mean, what are they going to do, throw Sarich at him? I don't, I don't think so. So now all of a sudden you look at a situation where if Ayton's really having to put a lot of emphasis on the defensive end, now all of a sudden potentially it takes away from his offense. And he was really a game changer. He's been a game changer throughout these playoffs. He's played excellent. We've talked about it the last few weeks how – you know, we were ready to give up on DeAndre Ayton. I think a lot of the basketball world was really ready to give up on DeAndre Ayton, and he's really showed that he was worth or worthy of that number one overall pick, and he's really been a difference maker. So, you know, if Giannis plays, now all of a sudden DeAndre Ayton has to focus a lot more defensively, exert a lot more energy on the defensive end. How does that impact his offense? And I said it already, but two different teams and the Bucs are a different team without him last series two games holiday and Middleton were scoring 50 plus points in both those games Brooke Lopez was able to play inside you know there's a lot of a lot of hate a lot of flack Twitter and in the talking head shows that are giving Mike Budenholzer a lot of you know giving him the business over how he utilizes Brooke Lopez the NBA, that, this game has changed so much. And, you know, he takes threes because Giannis is the inside force. Well, Giannis is out of the game. Now, all of a sudden, Brooke Lopez was really, really able to dominate inside, primarily in, in game four, where he had over 30 points and, and just took, took that game over from the inside. It, it'll be interesting to see. If Giannis comes back, do they try to do like a Twin Towers mentality? Do they move Brooke Lopez back to the three-point line and have him play out there? And Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis was really an X factor in those last two games of the series after Giannis went out. I think he presents problems for teams defensively because he's big, he's athletic, 
He plays pretty good defense. He's got an inside-outside game. I mean, Bobby Portis is, is a legitimate threat. So when Giannis is in the game, all of a sudden Drew Holiday has to take a step back. Brooke Lopez has to play a little bit differently. Bobby Portis doesn't get as many minutes. Look, I am not suggesting for one second that the Milwaukee Bucks are better without Giannis Antetokounmpo. What I am saying is they're a different team, how they play. You know, I, I've made a case for both sides here. He was able to dominate eight and presents problems defensively for the Suns and then just big picture problems for the Suns if he's in there. And if he's not in there, the Bucs are a little bit team, a little bit different team. They play more freely. Different guys are able to maybe settle into roles they're better suited for. So it's just very, very interesting. So watch that. Key to the series number one is Giannis, whether he plays and how that impacts both teams. Key to the series number two, Drew Holiday versus Chris Paul. Drew Holiday's defense against star backcourt players, it, it can't be overlooked. Uh, he is elite from a defensive standpoint. In games two and three, Trey Young shot seven to 22 from the three. He got hurt after that, obviously, but shot seven to 22 from the three after dropping 48 in game one. I think between games one and game two, the coaching staff in Milwaukee said, listen, Drew, we need you to really focus on shutting down Trey Young. Very similar to what I said about DeAndre Ayton and how him having to lock in defensively against Giannis impacted, could potentially impact his offense. Drew Holiday's offense took a hit in that Atlanta series. Now, once Giannis went out, once Trey Young went out, he was able to, you know, really start to go off a little bit, score more because he wasn't having to chase Trey Young around. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he is able to neutralize Chris Paul. Chris Paul's a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt about it. Look, he's 36 years old, but he's still one of the best players in the NBA. Maybe not a top five guy, maybe not a top 10 guy, but he's right there in that next tier. He dropped 30 points in the second half of game six against the Clippers. And this is probably his best, not probably, this is his best chance, first time he's ever been to the NBA Finals. And it's maybe his last shot to get a championship. His future is very uncertain. He's played very well in these playoffs. I, I think it's going to demand him getting a very large contract. I don't know if the Suns are going to be willing to dump that kind of money into a player who's going to turn 37 during the season next year. So that dynamic with Drew Holiday, Chris Paul, the Bucs are at the best, are at their best when they're in transition, when Drew Holiday is creating havoc, when he's him and Chris Middleton are creating turnovers. and. The Suns are at their best when Chris Paul is able to sort of control the flow of the game, get to his mid-range game on the free throw line and on the elbows and hit jumpers. So who's going to be able to do what they want to more? Are the Bucs going to be able to be disruptive, create turnovers, get out in transition, or is CP3 going to be able to control the flow of the game? Drew Holiday, Chris Paul, key to the series, whoever's able to do what they do best more between creating transition opportunities and CP3 creating the flow of the game. That's who I think has an opportunity to win this series. The next key, the Bucks defending the Suns pick and roll. 
Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton, they absolutely abused the Clippers. They absolutely abused the Nuggets with that pick and roll. DeAndre Ayton was getting lobs all over the place. Not only does that pick and roll enable DeAndre Ayton to really get off, but it also enables guys like Bridges and Jay Crowder to get open in the corners and shoot threes. I mean, it's teams. The Suns are elite at the pick and roll. And all teams have issues in the NBA. It seems like these days guarding the pick and roll. These guys really switch everything. So it'll be interesting to see how they're able to, the Bucks. that is, how they are able to combat the pick and roll of the Suns. Because let's remember, I mean, this isn't, this is last week. Click Capella, Trey Young, they abused the Bucks at times in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, Clint Capella was getting layup dunks, oops, all over the place. Now, Trey Young has that elite floater, which forces the rotator to make a decision either to step up on him or stay on their man. Whereas, you know, look, Chris Paul's got, you know, he's got an elite game inside as well. But I don't think his floater is as good as Trey Young. So that's something to pay attention to. But third key to the series here is how will the Bucks handle and adapt because you know that Monty Williams is going to make adjustments. You know, these, these NBA final series, they're all about adjustments. So how the Bucks going to handle and adapt to the Suns elite pick and roll key to the series. Number four, can the Bucks hit their threes? Aiton's interior defense has been the difference maker. We've already talked about it earlier on. If Giannis doesn't play the whole series, if Giannis doesn't play a couple games, now all of a sudden you don't have that post presence. I don't see Brooke Lopez dominating DeAndre Ayton the way that Giannis Antetokounmpo can, right? So now all of a sudden Ayton's interior defense really becomes a difference maker. Now you can't just go in and attack the rim the way that the Bucs really did in the last series, right? They're shooting 31% from three as a team. That's something to focus on. You got guys like Connaughton. You got guys like Bobby Portis, P.J. Tucker, that they can hit threes in bunches from the corners and things like that. Uh, Forbes, they got a lot of guys, right? But They've only shot 31. They've been, they've been very hot and cold. Middleton's gone off at times. Drew Holiday's been hot and cold. It's just been interesting to watch this team who's been so good at shooting threes throughout the regular season, really struggle at times during the playoffs. And they're going to need to shoot the ball well to space the floor, especially if Giannis can't play. Now, if this series extends and it goes further, you know, maybe he comes back game game two, three, four, you'll look at it. Maybe they got to play one or two games without him. So there is going to be a heavy emphasis on them to be able to shoot the three ball. Can they do it? I don't know. I would lean to say that their stars are going to step up the way that they did against Atlanta, but I got to see it to believe it. Game one is tonight. They've upgraded Giannis throughout the day from doubtful to questionable, and I don't know. I mean, I was at work in the office today, so I don't even know. They may have updated him to probable at this point. Who knows? But 
how that team is able to play without him, it, it's going to depend on whether or not they're hitting their threes. And then the final key to the series here, which number two, which complimentary player steps up? Look, Chris Middleton, we talked about it last week. He's right on the cusp of being a superstar. Devin Booker is a superstar. However, Chris Paul is the straw that stirs the drink for the Suns, and obviously Giannis is a two-time MVP. So those are the number twos for their respective teams. They are the complementary players. I think whoever plays the best between the two of them over the course of the five, six, seven games, whatever it is, that's the team that's going to win. They're most likely going to be guarding each other a lot of times. The Bucks may put like Tucker on Booker for a while and vice versa. The Suns might put like Jay Crowder on Middleton for a while to give their, their guys a break so they can really focus on the offensive end. But I think, you know, during crunch time and, in important times of the game when there's runs and things like that, you're going to see those guys guard each other. So that's something to watch, something that's very interesting. And, you know, both these guys have elite half-court games, and that's later on in the playoffs, Eastern Conference Finals, NBA Finals, the half-court game. These games slow down. They become half-court games. Chris Middleton and Devin Booker are lethal from three. They're both lethal from mid-range. So it's going to be interesting. If I had to put my money on it, I'm probably going to say, man, you know, Devin Booker has really emerged. He's always been a guy that, that I've really liked. Middleton is, is, is emerging for me in my personal rankings. I would probably right now likelihood of who outperforms who making a prediction of that. I would give Booker a slight edge, but Chris Middleton's really showed me a lot, but you know, Devin Booker is he's he's very special and he's still fairly young. He's like 24 years old or whatever. So it'll be interesting. So, again, just to recap, the five keys, Giannis, does he play or not? Drew Holiday versus Chris Paul. The Bucks defending the Suns pick and roll. The Bucks ability to hit three point shots and which complimentary player steps up. I think those are the five things that you're going to look at when this series is over. In, in a week and a half or two weeks and say, you know, Ryan Saban talked about these five things. And if you look at it, the team that was able to do these things better, depending on which side of the coin it is, they were able to win this series. Now, this is the point where I'm going to give an opportunity and this is a recorded, this is a recorded sound clip. So we're going to get Luke's take on the series. What's up, guys? It's Lukey. I am unfortunately on assignment yet again this week, so I am not live with uh, Captain Cleveland for the finals preview, but uh, wanted to get some of my takes off into the ether and talk to you guys. Let's get right into it. So pre-playoffs, I had the Lakers and Nets selected. Given health, I think we would have seen that, but uh, as we know, we got the two teams that uh, eliminated both of those squads, the Suns and the Bucks out of the Eastern Conference. So I think it's going to be a great matchup. I'm expecting low-scoring games here. Um, I, I know that the Bucks scored 120-plus in the two games without Giannis, uh, but that Atlanta team is not quite as good defensively as Phoenix. Phoenix ranked ninth this, this season in... Um, in defensive rating and uh, just 
overall just a just a much better defensive squad there and I think they match up really well especially without Giannis there if if you go you know position by position there I think that this is a really good matchup for the Suns Um, I I know that the Bucks are expecting Giannis to play at some point Um, it's a matter of when I I just we're not going to get him at 100 percent and you know, they don't really have an answer for him, but if he's not at 100%, who knows what it's going to look like? Who knows when, you know, which game he even shows up to, to play in? So, like I said, I'm expecting low scoring, closely contested games. And, um, you know, I expect the Suns to win in five. Uh, that might be a little, a little, little surprising in the number of games there, but, um, the Suns have won 12 consecutive games that have been decided by five points or less. And, uh, Big, big reason of this is because they have the number one free throw shooting percentage in playoff history. It's 86.2%, I believe, is the number. But, um, you know, in those close games, we've talked about it on the show before. The, that last four minutes, the Bucks struggle a little bit to to find offense, um, especially in the half court when, you know, they, they can't get out and run. They, they play a little bit faster uh, than the Suns. The Suns rank 26th. In pace this season, whereas the Bucks, I believe, were second or third in pace, according to Basketball Reference. So, you know, they like to run a little bit, and I don't think you're going to see that as much. You know, in, in a seven-game series, those things start to slow down, and you start to see uh, a lot more half-court sets as, as teams get this figured out and, and figure out each other, get more comfortable and set into the series. And especially if you if you don't have probably the number one transition player in the league in Giannis playing, then I you know I. I Milwaukee loses their their edge right there. So, yeah, I'm expecting low-scoring games. And like I said, I'm going to take the Suns in five. And uh, I'm going to go against conventional wisdom here. I'm going to think I'm going to go with Devin Booker for the MVP. Chris Paul is the favorite for that award, followed closely by uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, which we've already been through. So, uh, but give, give me Booker for the MVP. I think the 24-year-old steps up in a big way. And, um, yeah, I've got Suns in five. So, uh, that's all I've got for you. Thanks for letting me, uh, let me chime in on, uh, on uh, when I'm on my assignment. And um, go Suns. Somebody suck me. So there's no telling what Luke just said in that sound clip that I just edited in here. I had to put a placeholder, and my guess is he probably picked the Suns in five, made some outlandish predictions. He's probably going to pick the Suns to win tonight in game one. So they are five-and-a-half-point favorites, so it wouldn't surprise me. Who knows? But with that, we're going to bring in our special guest back after a couple weeks. Staff boy Colby with diamonds and pucks. What do we got this week? What are you talking about? Well, the Stanley Cup final has started. Yes, and uh is. what uh what a final it's been. I thought Tampa Bay was gonna sweep, but um it looks like they're gonna go into game five. And uh personally, with the whole finals, I did not expect Montreal to be in this. They were definitely my dark horse this year. And I was very, very shocked that they even made it past. And I was shocked with any Canadian, if any Canadian team had made it with how Canada has been this year. You know, so good for the the two teams that are in it. I'm pulling for Tampa Bay, of course. I'm still saying, you know, Tampa Bay wins this next game. 
and I'm hoping to God it happens. You know, I said Tampa Bay in four, but it looks like another prediction, another loss. But uh, I personally think it's going to be a good game. You know, if Montreal gives them a series and wins this game five, it's going to be three, two, and then they're going into game six. That's just, I don't know. That, that would throw me off so much. But enough about the finals. I hope it's going to be Tampa Bay winning it, and that's my pick for the finals. Shouldn't shock anybody since I, that was one of my picks out of the four that I chose. And the other three, you know, we, can, we just don't even need to talk about them. So I'm going to talk about the expansion draft for the new franchise uh, that's coming up with the Seattle Kraken. The expansion draft is going to happen before the actual uh, NHL draft happens, which is it's going to happen on the 21st of July. And then the actual draft happens the 23rd through the 24th of July. And that's the actual NHL draft. And then the expansion is 21st. The Kraken will be given a, it's a 48 hour window to sign any free agents they want. They have to have 30 players. And this is what they're going to have to get. They're going to need 14 forwards, nine defensemen, and three goalies. And how they have the expansion draft laid out is the teams are going to give their list of protected players. And it's a list. And basically, each one of the teams in the NHL have to give the Kraken a list. And then Kraken can't touch those players. And then how many can... players, how many players can each team protect? So far, it's been said that they can protect up to 20. Okay. But there's been a big thing going around saying that they're going to only protect 14 due to the fact that there's a lot going on with this draft. And there's certain players that certain teams want to get rid of bad contracts stuff yeah like really bad contracts i mean and it just give it to the crack and they're the new franchise so and it just screws them over in the begin in right. the long run but i'm excited for this it's a new franchise i was excited when the vegas knights got introduced so this is going to be a very interesting thing when this happens and i'm gonna love it because one seattle is a great city they've been yep. dying for NHL team, yep. and I'm glad they're getting it. And finally, they've gotten it. But enough about that. We still got a while before uh, draft prospect, prospects come out. That's on the um, 21st, you said, the expansion drafts on the 21st? Expansion drafts on the 21st. So and Before, before that weeks. happens, they have a 48-hour window to sign any free agent. So a little over two weeks. Yeah. And if a team loses a free agent to the Kraken – when they're given that 48 hour window, they do not have to give up any players when they have to send out a list to the Kraken. Got it. Got it. Yeah. It's just voided uh, at this point, but I'm going to move on a little bit because it's been two weeks, you know, something happened in the college baseball world that, you know, <laughs> happened to my favorite team, yeah, the NC state Wolfpack. And I'm going to give my, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to clap. What a season. Great season for the Wolfpack. Probably one of the best seasons this baseball team has ever had. And to make it to the 
so-called final four of the baseball championship and almost literally almost with 14 players beat the Vanderbilt Commodores who are the reigning national champions. You know, we made Kumar rocker who I'm very high on as that a draft a, prospect. That kid's yeah, a he's fucking a, stud. He's, he's a stud. I think lighters better though. Their other ace. Yeah. I mean, they, they got two they really got two good pitchers. Them. Yeah. It's, it's a two punch duo. So, I mean, but they're gone. I mean, Vanderbilt's not going to have a team next year. But congratulations to my Wolfpack. You know, what an unforgetting uh, season. You know, it's so exciting to, you know, have that kind of attention in Raleigh. You know, uh, the president of Barstool, Dave Portnoy, was shouting us out on Twitter. And he was, he was going insane, man. Uh, and I loved it. I love that kind of love for NC State, you know, because NC State's baseball team is very good. We have two guys in the MLB who are very good in Carlos Rodon and Trey Turner. And those are my boys. I love those guys. And I'm very happy with this team. What I had to say to the NCAA, you messed up. You, you messed up a lot. And I'll go into it. So according to the NCAA, NC State had two players test positive for coronavirus who were unvaccinated. And proceeded to test our other unvaccinated players. Now, you're going to ask me, well, they all should be vaccinated. Well, I'm not going to go into people's choices in can't life. Make people you know. get vaccinated, man. Yeah, you can't really, you can't really, really get mad at these kids either due to the fact with how the vaccine, the vaccine has affected certain athletes in a, a negative way. I agree. Uh, Production-wise. So the NCAA... Uh, they allowed us to play a game, a game on Friday with only 14 players. Those were the vaccinated players. And then the next day uh, at 2 a.m. in the morning, they cancel the other game that we were supposed to play and kick us out. Sending us home and ending a unforgettable season. And personally, NCA, you messed up. That's all I got to say. You messed up. Because there's a lot of backlash coming ha- and coming out of the woodworks saying that they had tested vaccinated players as well, mm-hmm. and they're not supposed to do that. That's in their rules. Yep. So there's a lot of wishy-washy with it. I'm sure I'll go into it later on when more stuff comes out. Apparently, states trying to pursue some lawyer Good. allegations and stuff, and they which they should. But you know, great season, Wolfpack, and I'm so happy that. Mississippi State beat the Commodores because personally, Vanderbilt, scumbags. So, you know, that's all I got to say for college baseball. Just one quick thing about MLB. The home run derby is coming up and the all-star game is coming up. You know, so that's the 11th. No, no, it's the 12th is the home run derby. So next week. Yeah, and then 13th and the 14th is the all-star game we were talking about this over the weekend who's in the home run derby i know trevor story's in it trevor story uh trey mancini they haven't finished it quite yet they're still getting guys yeah i expect acuna ronald acuna better be in it because that's my pick i love ronald acuna so right now it's just mancini and story mancini story pete alonzo okay and show you a tani okay who 
I think may win it. We'll and see. That's the big pick right there. I think Otani is going to win it. And with, you know, how all the all-stars go, you know, the all-star game, it's a very fun game to watch. I like watching the Derby. It's my favorite thing to watch because those guys can really hit. I'm expecting two more guys to come in with uh, Nelson Cruz and um, Rafael Devers for the home okay. run derby. Okay. Uh, love that my Boston Red Sox have six guys as all-stars. You know, way to represent Boston. And, you know, I'm happy for the Boston boys, you know, especially Rafael Devers being his first all-star game. Claps, claps out to him. But that's all I got today. Great job, man. Great get everybody out there. I know you're we can't hear you. This is a podcast. Give Colby a round of applause. Okay. I think that's it for today. Upcoming topics. I want to I want to give you guys an idea of what's coming in the next couple of weeks. The sports season gets into a, a weird place once the NBA finals and the Stanley Cup finals are over. There's sort of that dead period where it's just baseball. And then you have football. So we're going to be talking about a lot of different things to fill that space. You have you have the, the British Open or the Open Championship, as they call it, that's coming up. You have you talked about Shohei Otani. Luke keeps texting me. He wants to talk about Shohei Otani. I mean, he's Shohei Otani is really a transcendent nice. baseball player. He's done something that no player has ever done before by being yes. named to the all-star game as a starting pitcher and a positional player. I mean, yeah, the guy's he's leading, hitter. he's leaning baseball and home runs or at the top in home runs. Yes. He's lights out as a pitcher. I mean, this guy's fucking yeah. unbelievable. It's crazy. NFL preseason's coming up. Training mm-hmm. camp starts in about three weeks. So it's already NFL time. We're going to start talking about that. The NBA offseason. We love NBA offseason on this podcast. We talk about it all the time. This year is going to be a little bit different. There's not a lot of huge free agents out there, but there's already some rumors, and we talked about it last week with Dame, Kyrie, and some other guys that want to get traded. So you may see some weird, crazy stuff happening. We usually do with the NBA. And then finally, college football. I mean, Luke isn't a huge college football fan. I am. Kobe's raising his hands. He's doing the Wolfpack thing over there. So I'm sure we'll bring him on to talk college football. So in the upcoming weeks, we got a lot of really hot stuff coming. So don't think, oh, man, NBA and hockey and all that's over. And it's just baseball right now. We're waiting for football to start. There's going to be a lot of heavy hitting topics that we cover every single week. Don't forget, at WC Sports Pod, Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, like, follow, subscribe. We are now available on all your favorite streaming platforms. Anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. We are also available on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. And as always, we are presented by the one and only Online. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. All right, this is for my boy, Luke. Somebody suck me!
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.